catching up on the 2025 recruiting cycle as we get ready for spring football. We got our man Parker Thune joining us to break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Is your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Williams. That's my buddy Josh Helmer. And joining us today to help break down everything going on in the 2025 recruiting cycle is friend of the show, KREFs and OU Insider at Rivals Own. Parker Thune. Parker, what's going on, my friend? Not a lot, fellas. Always a pleasure to jump on the pod with you. It's great to have you back. And all of our recruiting segments here on the Locked On Network are brought to you by LinkedIn. Go to linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Parker, let's start here. The 2025 class is already off to a, a rocketed start especially compared to what we saw in 2024, where we didn't get that first commitment until late March, like nine months ahead of early signing period. Well, we're sitting here with 10 commitments. It's not even February 16th yet. And I guess it is February 16th now. What do you make of just the kind of the quicker start? Is this just Brent Venables and his staff like settling in now at Oklahoma? Well, it's really the culmination of their philosophy and everything they've preached. And also the fact that they now have results to sell to, right? I think it's understandable that you didn't get your first commit until March of last year off a six and seven season, right? Because you go six and seven, naturally it creates some questions, not questions that weren't able to be answered eventually, obviously, but uh, you're asking guys to go out on a limb a little bit more, take a flyer on committing to your program, uh, have some belief in what you have done in the past and what you are building rather than what the picture looks like in the present. And obviously, uh, before long, the Sooners were able to get a lot of guys bought in uh, to that vision and to that philosophy, and it culminated in the number seven class in the nation in the 2024 cycle. But in 2025, I think you were very fortunate to have a guy in Kevin Sperry, your OG commit in the 25 class, that was so dialed in with everything that Oklahoma was about and so eager to be a Sooner that Four days after receiving the offer last March, he went ahead, shut it down, decided, you know what, I'm going to kick this class off with a bang. And that really set the table for all of what we we have seen in the last 11 months, as you've seen commit after commit roll into the point where the Sooners now have 10 pledges in that 2025 cycle. He's been instrumental in a lot of those recruitments, but I also think... It is fair to say that in stark contrast to the 2022 season, the fact that the Sooners were able to jump out to that hot 6-0 and start this past fall and eventually rattle off a 10-2 and year and a berth in the Alamo Bowl and a tiebreaker away from competing in the Big 12 championship, having those results to recruit to made life a lot easier on Venables and his staff and gave prospects the confidence to go ahead and pull the trigger a little bit earlier than maybe some of their predecessors in the 2024 class who still feel who are, who still felt like they needed to get a more complete picture 
of everything that Oklahoma was offering to them and where things were going in Norman before they jumped on board. The in-state success in this class early and probably uh, the remainder of this thing in 25 looks like it's going to be a big component of this 2025 class. What's been the secret sauce to success there in state for OU? Well, I, I think it's just prioritization of relationships is really what it is, guys. I mean, that was something that Lincoln Riley and his staff, while they were here, they really neglected. They thought the OU brand was bigger than the state of Oklahoma and that uh, it was almost it was almost the case for that staff that they they weren't, I guess, ambitious enough in their recruiting efforts if they were just taking the best players from in-state rather than trying to, quote unquote, upgrade by bringing in guys from Georgia and California and Florida and what have you. Uh, if you look at Bob Stoops final class in 2017, that was a very Oklahoma heavy class with guys like Creed Humphrey, right, and Trey Brown and. Uh, Trey Norwood wasn't technically an Oklahoma guy. He was Fort Smith, Arkansas, but for all intents and purposes, uh, he was an Oklahoma guy. There were, there were several others. Justin Broyles was another guy that was actually the highest rated commit in that class. But once Lincoln Riley had the reins of the program, that was not an emphasis for him and his staff. When Brent Venables got to town, he and his staff visited the vast majority of high schools in the state of Oklahoma, if not every single one, over the course of their first year on staff. So they made it very clear that they were there to recruit the state of Oklahoma. They were going to be faithful in pursuing the guys that do come from the Sooner State and grow up with Crimson and Cream ingrained in their DNA. I think a perfect example, right, is Andy Bass, a guy that would absolutely not have gotten a look from Lincoln Riley and his staff because, well, he's a 5'11 white kid who plays in Oklahoma City. Uh, Gavin Freeman kind of falls into that same same category, right? It's almost like if uh, it felt like the old staff's mindset was if we're quote-unquote settling for those guys, then we're not being ambitious enough in our recruiting efforts. And Brent Venables and his staff have been content to say, okay, we're not going to overthink this. Right. We got a baller in the state of Oklahoma. We got a guy that we trust can play at this level. We're going to go make sure that we get him on the roster, whether that's on scholarship or with an NIL incentivized PWO opportunity like they did for Andy Bass, which was very unique and very wise. And in the 2025 class, yeah, you've got six of the top 10 players in the state already locked in. And that's because they felt the love from Oklahoma very early on in the process. I believe Oklahoma was the second offer for C.J. Nixon. I know they were the first offer for Alex Shield Knight. Uh, Kevin Sperry is an import, I suppose, so maybe put an asterisk next to that one. But they were the third offer uh, for Trene Washington. I want to say they were fourth or fifth for Marcus James, but they were early to the table, if not first to the table, with all those guys. And when you prioritize when you prioritize an in-state kid that early on in the process, odds are at the University of Oklahoma, you're going to be able to bring them home. Yeah, that that early recruiting, that having the success and then being able to translate that out on the recruiting trail, it's it's paying dividends and it's going to continue to pay dividends in the in the state. You mentioned CJ Nixon. That's one that seemingly Oklahoma is in a great spot for what's kind of special about him. I mean, he's right now currently rated the top 
player in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to continue to get offers from across the country because he's just a freak athlete. But what's special about him and why does that Oklahoma relationship matter so much right now in his recruitment? Yeah, well, I mean, they were, like I said, very early to prioritize him as a football player. He had long since had basketball offers. He's a high-end basketball prospect, and I th think that's what makes him so exciting as a prospect is the fact that, uh, well, on the football side, that is, is you take a guy who's got the size and athleticism to play Division One basketball, Power 5 basketball, and you put a dude with that athleticism and that size and that ability and you drop him on the gridiron odds are you're going to get a guy that is a very high ceiling player maybe he's not ready made for college football maybe it takes a year or two for him to refine his technique and the finer points of play in the position such that he's 100 percent ready you can throw him out there and be confident in him in the sec but you don't get physical specimens like CJ Nixon every single year in your backyard in the state of Oklahoma. Right. And so uh, I think that the battle for the longest time has been not with any other school for Oklahoma, but it's been with basketball, right. Trying to convince the kid that, Hey, you're good at basketball. Obviously you've had offers in that sport for a long, long time. You have a bright future, but you're also six foot five which is not that tall in the basketball world, but it's huge in the football world. So you come play on the gridiron, you come suit up at the University of Oklahoma, you come learn under the tutelage of Brent Venables and Miguel Chavis more specifically, and we will get you to the NFL where you will have the chance to make millions because even if you go play college basketball somewhere, Odds are, if you play professionally beyond that, it's not going to be in the NBA and you're not going to make near that much money doing so. Oklahoma's off to a terrific start with wide receivers, with skill guys in this class. Let's get Parker's thoughts on that coming up next. Plus, uh, who may be next in this class for Oklahoma? Keep it dialed in right here on Locked On Sooners. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150. If your bet wins, you could bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, and exclusive props. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot today. Uh, those win totals, well, remember we were discussing not too long ago, six and a half for Oklahoma. It has bumped up now from FanDuel Sportsbook, seven and a half, that uh, over-under win total for Oklahoma. If you have a strong feeling one way or the other on that, again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA teased it right there. Of course, all of our recruiting coverage. And this is when Parker Thune's in the house, baby, we're talking hashtag recruiting. It's brought to us by LinkedIn jobs, where you can post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college skill guy. Wide receiver seems to be an easy position early to look at in this class and say, wow, Oklahoma's cleaning up in that regard. But I will defer the floor, Parker. What are your thoughts where Oklahoma's made their hay early in this class in 2025? Man, Emmett Jones is a dog on the recruiting trail, isn't he? I mean, you saw his impact from the second he joined the staff. And it's it's something that I, I know I have talked about a lot. It's been talked about a lot elsewhere. But 
everybody that knew that guy before he got to Oklahoma kind of got the sense that once he threw the Oklahoma logo on, that he was going to be able to make big things happen on the recruiting trail because of how intentional he is in developing relationships and how genuine he is in his connection with players and with prospects. And, you know, it's funny, I was, I was talking to uh, a team source earlier tonight, as a matter of fact, and I know this isn't pertinent to recruiting, but they're like, man, <laughs> Emmett is everybody's favorite in that locker room. Maybe not everybody without exception, but in a general sense, you won't find anybody that doesn't love Emmett Jones in that Oklahoma locker room. He knows how to get the team fired up. Uh, he's got great connections with every single one of those guys, even the guys outside his position group. And so you get a guy like that. Yeah. Magic is going to happen. And it certainly has for the Sooners happened in the 2024 class. Excellent group of receivers, Zion Kearney, Ivan Carrion, uh, Zion Raggins, and then shoot, I'm spacing on the fourth KJ Daniels, KJ Daniels. There we go. Gosh, KJ Daniels, Franklinton, Louisiana, who was uh, the second commit shortly after Zion Kearney in the class for Oklahoma. And now you look ahead to the 2025 class and Emmett has had three of his four locked in for quite a while. Uh, Grayson Harris, Jaden Nickens, and then Elijah Thomas were all committed by August. And so before the 2023 season rolled around, Emmett was basically in a position where he could kick his feet up for a while and let the market come to him, uh, as it were. But obviously, that's not how he rolls. That's not what he's done. And he's put himself in really good position with a multiplicity of dudes in that 2025 cycle for that fourth wide receiver spot. The Sooners are going to take four. Uh, I, I love what they have in Nickens, Harris and Thomas, three guys who are all unique. You know, they don't they don't all fit in the same box. They all are kind of their own dude at the wide receiver position. And you think about how they may complement one another down the line by 2027, 20, 2028 in that Oklahoma wide receiver room. There's a lot to be excited about. Now the question is, OK, who's the last guy? Is it? I think I, for a long time, I and many others had Isaiah Mosey pegged as number four, kind of fading on that. I think Manny Choice is a guy who has really started to warm to Oklahoma lately. They're in play for Caleb Cunningham. They're in play for Andrew Marsh, the four-star receiver out of Katy, Texas. And there are others, no doubt. Royal Capel is in the picture, for instance. Um, Emmett... <laughs> And this is kind of how Emmett rolls, guys. He doesn't zero in on one dude, and he doesn't put all his eggs in one basket, and he trusts that every single dude he offers is somebody that's going to get to the point where they're good enough to make an impact at a place like the University of Oklahoma, and he doesn't much care who commits. He doesn't much care who's ready to lock in with him before. Like, he's... He's not waiting on one singular guy before he welcomes somebody else into the fold. No, if any one of those dudes that I mentioned calls up Emmett Jones and says, hey, I want to be the fourth wide receiver in your class for 2025 at the University of Oklahoma. Emmett's not telling him no. I can tell you that much. He trusts his evals, uh, doesn't really have a hierarchy as to who he wants one over the other. Like I said, the way he sees it, the guys he offers, they're all good enough and he's content and he's comfortable taking any and all of them. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out 
Uh, I would say Manny Choice is probably the guy that I would figure right now has the highest odds of being number four at Oklahoma. But again, when you have an arms race like that and you have one spot and it's open to pretty much anybody that wants it, uh, you can't take anything for granted and you know you can't necessarily bank too much on one specific guy being the dude. Yeah, it's been an impressive uh, just over a year run for Emmett Jones. And, and I think the development speaks for itself, what he was able to get out of Nick Anderson, you know, in his first full run, really, as a, a wide receiver for the Sooners, Jaden Gibson, the jump that he made after, you know, having a, a 2022 season where everybody's kind of like, well, is Jaden Gibson going to have it? Man, he, he showed up and he showed out, uh, even if it was just in a reserve rotational role. I mean, the dude was lights out and i think a lot of that goes to just what you talked about emmett jones ability to relate and invest and you know his intentionality that kind of delivers and provides a lot of confidence for that position group i mean they played they had a great great season in 2023 and i expect them to continue to develop and grow and it's an exciting group to watch come together over the last year you know when it was kind of a question mark going into last season i think everybody's excited about where they're at now and where they're heading as a position group another position group that is just loaded seemingly right now is the safety group and we're hearing all the buzz right now about how they're performing in workouts uh you know peyton bowen was obviously a, a big get for brandon hall robert spears jennings is kind of scratching the surface every time he gets on the field he's showing out billy bowman had a breakout year this past year but you look at guys like Jaden hardy and reggie powers and michael boganowski this 2024 class looks pretty good and then if there's the potential to add Jonah Williams to it in 2025, I mean, Brandon Hall is going to have to be kind of spoken of in that same echelon as Emmett Jones on the recruiting trail. What is happening right now with Jonah Williams? Because it seems like everything's pointing in Oklahoma's direction right now. It is. And he's a five-star. He's the number nine overall prospect in the country, according to our rankings council over at rivals. So somebody that could legitimately pick any school in the nation and they're going to take him regardless of when he commits right on signing day, he could pick up at a school that is quote unquote full at safety. And he, he could say, Hey, I'm coming. And obviously you make room for a guy like that, right? Uh, he is special. He's a unique specimen and he is somebody that Oklahoma is no doubt in really good standing for. I believe as do many that they have a sizable lead in that recruitment and a lead that they should be able to hold, especially when you consider he is a dual sport guy. Uh, he plays football and baseball. And as far as I'm aware, Skip Johnson is batting a thousand when he gets the chance to sit down with a dual sport guy on his official visit. So you get Jonah Williams in front of Skip Johnson, you can pretty much lock that one up. But all in all, and you said it, Brandon Hall has actually, he's created some first world problems for himself in this 2025 class, because not only are they in great standing with Jonah Williams, but they're in great standing with Amarian Robinson and with Marcus Wimberly, two outstanding safeties from the state of Arkansas as well. I believe Oklahoma leads for both. You've seen a lot of predictions fly in on social media for Marcus Wimberly the last few days. The reason I haven't put one in guys is not because I don't think OU leads for Marcus Wimberly. No, they absolutely do. But because Omarion Robinson and Marcus Wimberly aren't both ending up in Oklahoma's class, you're only getting one or the other because Jonah Williams, 
assuming OU can hold that lead, he obviously has a spot. And I think regardless of whether Jonah Williams ends up a sooner or not, Oklahoma's only taking one other safety unless they can move some stuff around, unless they have an unexpected departure. There's just a ton of depth and a ton of talent in that safety room to the point where, yeah, Omarion Robinson and Marcus Wimberly are both talented, but at a certain point, you have critical mass that could be better allocated elsewhere in terms of the scholarships that you have committed to the safety room. And so that's why I believe for now, it's either Amarian Robinson or it's Marcus Wimberly. Amarian Robinson is going to be back on campus March 9th. Wimberly will be back on campus April 9th. So obviously it stands to reason Robinson's going to have the earlier opportunity to lock in with Oklahoma. We'll see how things progress there. But yeah, Brandon Hall has, he's built himself a real nice room and a room with a great future too, because it's not as if these dudes. You know, it's not as if you have them for this year and then you got to figure it all out again come next spring. No, Peyton Bowen has three years of eligibility left. Eric McCarty is a guy that is only scratching the surface of what he can be. Jaden Hardy and Michael Boganowski, Reggie Powers, Michael Patterson, McDonald, all those guys have potential through the roof. Robert Spears Jennings has two years left to play. Man, he's got pieces on pieces on pieces in that safety room. Jonah Williams is somebody for me, and this is true of a, a lot of these high school recruits that we we follow and cover. You toss on the huddle tape, and it's got some wow, some big-time wow to it, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, look, that's that's true of a lot of huddle tape. Now, Jonah Williams' wow might be a little bit different than others' wow on tape. And I'm curious because, look, huddle tape is one thing, but getting out like you do Parker and seeing these guys in person is a different story, right? There's a different layer of wow there. So who has the wow for Oklahoma already in this class? Let's discuss next on locked on Sooners. If you're looking for last minute tickets and the best prices, you got to go to game time, download the app in your app store or the Google play store, or you can go to gametime.co to check out the best last minute tickets, flash deals and zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. I mean, the Oklahoma city thunder right now, the number two team in the Western conference. If you want to go to that game next week against LA, I mean, there's some great deals available. $19 to sit in the upper deck. You want to get into a lower bowl, 164 bucks. I mean, there are some great prices available for you over at game time. So go download the app, use our promo code locked on to get $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed over at Game Time. So, want to know who's that wow guy in this class for Oklahoma? But real quick though, Parker, Jonah Williams, right, wrong? What, what do you see from him? I know we talked a little bit about him, but to me, that was one of those guys that even flipping on the huddle tape, it's, you know, it looks a little bit different than other guys. What have you seen from Jonah Williams? I, I love the Jonah Williams story, man, because back before anybody knew who he was, he showed up after his sophomore year to the All-American Combine in San Antonio, and I happened to know his trainer. I've known him for several years, and I show up, and his trainer notices me on the sideline, waves me over, and said, hey, trust me, I got one guy here that you're going to want to see. And I haven't laid eyes on him yet, but he had taken a clip from an earlier rep before I'd gotten there of Jonah Williams just ball hawking an interception that, I mean, nobody had any business making the play on the ball 
that he did from the closing speed to the vertical to be able to go and get the ball. Like it, it, it was, it was a five-star play. And I watched this clip and I said, holy smokes, does he have any offers yet? And he goes, no, no offers, but he will. I said, yeah, he will. And so Brandon Drum and I went over. Jonah was actually wearing OU gloves that day. Snapped a couple pictures of him, got his recruiting profile set up. By the end of the week, you know, he's already got 10 offers. That was really his coming out party was that All-American Combine. But legitimately a guy that, uh, you know, the, the first time I ever saw him, it was not difficult to tell, okay, this dude is just cut a little bit different. Like he's special. And obviously that's reflected these days in his recruiting ranking. But I think as far as that wow factor for Oklahoma in the 2025 class, Elijah Thomas has got a lot of that. I think he has an immensely high ceiling and he's still a little bit underexposed for two reasons, right? He plays out in Shakota, not the most well-traveled of regions for national analysts and evaluators. So he's still got kind of that hidden gem factor. And also he committed early, right? And so you're generally when a kid commits early like that, there's not as much interest from those folks that don't necessarily have a team affiliation to go and watch a guy like that. Well, because he he's not actively being recruited by anybody. He's got his school. He's locked in with his school. And I, I think for those, those reasons, Elijah Thomas is a guy that has flown under the radar a little bit more than he should. He's a top 150 player in the nation. Even so, I think he's a little bit underrated. I think he ends up a top 100 guy, very, very high on him. Uh, and I'll cite two others that I think could be big movers uh, before the end of the cycle in the 2025 class. Kamari Moore up at least Summit North. Not that physically impressive in terms of his stature. He's only about six feet, six foot one. But man, you want to talk about a motor that runs nonstop. That dude has it. He is disruptive. He is a weight room warrior, had a ton of bad weight his freshman and sophomore year that he did an outstanding job of trimming off the point where he is a chiseled, muscular, dense 295 pounds, and he is hell for anybody to try and block at the high school level. And I'm inclined to believe that he will be so once again when he gets to the collegiate level. I think that's a four-star dude, and I think another four-star dude is Owen Hollenbeck, Oklahoma's first offensive line commit of the cycle. One MVP honors at the next level D1 camp down in Dallas a few weeks ago, which is a pretty big deal. I, I'm not talking O-line MVP honors. No, overall MVP honors. Six foot four, 340 pounds. And 340 pounds sounds like a lot. Believe me, it's good weight. He's strong as an ox, immovable. Whether he plays guard or center at Oklahoma, I think he is somebody that does end up becoming a multi-year starter for Bill Biedenboe, and I think he is certainly in consideration for top 200, top 250 honors by the end of the recruiting cycle. Let's stick with the offensive line because, I mean, there's a lot of top targets that Oklahoma is in pursuit of. You've got Owen Hollenbeck, who's a riser, uh, Ryan Foje, who's also a riser. I mean, he jumped from three to four pretty quickly uh, mm -hmm. after he committed to Oklahoma. People was like, oh, okay, this dude can play a little bit. But I mean, the Michael Fasusi, you know, there's there's a, a lot of big names that Oklahoma is still pursuing. I feel like all the what's going on with Bill Beatenbow recruiting, that's all kind of getting washed away 
over the last couple months. And, and by the end of the 2025 cycle, is it possible that everybody kind of goes back and like, oh yeah, Bill Beatenbow can recruit a little bit? I mean, has that ever truly been a question? I mean, I I, I know people not have truly, asked not it, truly. Like, it's put out yeah, there. like nobody nobody with a platform has taken Bill Beatenbow to task. Nobody who actually looks at the facts and looks at the statistics and looks at their resume has taken Bill Beatenbow to task. If you just like objectively glimpse at what bill beatenbow has done there's no question that that guy can recruit now does that necessarily always manifest in top of the line rankings among his group cycle to cycle not necessarily but i think when you're mindful of the guys that beatenbow has turned into nfl dudes i.e ben powers who was a two-star juco guy cody ford was a three-star orlando brown was a three-star Offensive line is such a hard position to evaluate coming out of high school. And anybody will tell you this. Anybody will tell you offensive line is the hardest position to evaluate. And so just because Bill Biedenbow is signing a bunch of three-star or low four-star dudes doesn't mean they aren't really good players. All it means, all it may indicate is that, okay, that there's a lot left to be determined this kid's kind of a blank slate and that's the way it is for many offensive line prospects right i would say you get two to three a year that are can't miss dudes where you you can conclude without a shadow of a doubt okay this dude's gonna go make stuff happen at the collegiate level i think mike michael fasusi is one of those guys in the 2025 class but in ryan foje for instance i don't know where he ends up ranked at the end of the cycle what i do know is bill beatenbo doesn't take his commitment on the 4th of February, if he's not a hundred percent convinced that that dude can be an NFL player one day. And when Biedenbo has put as many NF put as many guys in the NFL as he has, I mean, he's got, he's responsible for Oklahoma's only three NFL combine invites this year. Uh, I'm going to give that guy the benefit of the doubt when it comes to evaluation. Last question from me, Parker, appreciate your time. As always, everybody go check out. OU insider. If you're not, signed up what the heck are you doing uh go to rivals and sign up today parker a couple of junior days recently and i know we're backtracking a bit here what was sort of a couple of the key pieces of buzz coming out of that and do we expect any commitment news in the near future perhaps in relation to said junior days i think it'll be a quiet month of february guys i was surprised as was many when ryan foje committed um not that it was unforeseen, but I don't think anybody anticipated that he was operating on that quick of a timetable. Uh, what I had heard during the day over the course of that junior day was, okay, like we feel like we lead, going to get him back for an OV, and this this is one that we should be able to wrap up. And lo and behold, the next day he's committed. So uh, that one happened ahead of schedule, which you'll take if you're an o- OU fan, by all means. Uh, but I think it'll be a quiet month of February. It is a dead period, which opens back up in March. At that point, some of these guys, like Amarian Robinson, for instance, like I mentioned, will get back to campus and watch spring practice and kind of get a sense of what the experience of playing football at Oklahoma entails. I think you can expect that by March, you're seeing commitments roll in again. And that may not be exclusive to the 2025 class. OU's in really strong standing with several 2026 guys early in the process. Uh, but as for the rest of this month, I don't imagine there will be a whole lot happening. 
the buzz coming out of junior day is pretty well reflected in all of the predictions that flew in for Jonah Williams, right? That was the big thing coming out of the Sooners two junior days is, okay, they've really solidified themselves as the leader in the clubhouse for Jonah Williams. And so, yeah, that's what you're keeping an eye on. That's what you're monitoring more so than anything else as spring arrives for Oklahoma. Parker, thanks so much for joining us, being a part of the show. Go subscribe to OU Insider at Rivals to get all that insider info from Parker and Brandon and follow the 2025 recruiting class as well. And check out their show, the OU Insider Show, throughout the week. They got some great hosts over there doing different shows as well. A lot of great football talk for Sooner Nation, man. We are a blessed fan base with all these fantastic analysts across the board. Follow Parker on Twitter at Parker Thune as well. Check him out. Uh, are you still with Steelman and Thune at noon? That is correct. Twelve right. to two every weekday. You can uh, you can check him out. Don't let him forget this either. You can check him out from two to three too. My man stays busy with locked in with uh, Tyler McComas. So there you go. There you go. You got three hours of Parker Thune on the KRF Sports app. So go check that out as well. Uh, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Myself at John Nine Williams. And you can hear Josh from nine to noon on the KRF Sports app. So you don't have the KRF Sports app downloaded on your phone. You're also missing out on a lot of great Oklahoma coverage as well. Uh, check me out over at Sooners Wire as well for more written content. But until next time, he's Parker, he's Josh, I'm John, Boomer Sooner.